Hello one, hello all, welcome to episode 39 of Press YYZ, your favorite Canadian gaming podcast. You can watch the show live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern over at twitch.tv slash pressyyz, where we appreciate if you uh, like the content and drop us a Prime subscription, because it's free if you've got Amazon Prime, we'd greatly appreciate it. You can listen to the show whenever and wherever you'd like on your podcast service of choice, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, it don't matter. Wherever you bring your podcast to you, we are there to fill your ear holes. If you've got nothing to toss our way, that's no big deal, uh, loonies or otherwise. We're still here to make you laugh, make you cry, make you wonder why you're still listening to us every single week. I'm your host for tonight, Mr. Mitch George, joined as always by the tech genius behind the scenes, Mr. Alexander Cozy Cozina. What's up? He's got his head in the clouds, AJ Fraser. You know... I've always been one to want to build bridges, and if America and Canada really want to start rebuilding that diplomatic relationship that kind of got torn down four years ago, it could they could they could start by uh, getting AOC on this Twitch channel. This is an open invitation, Miss Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Please join us. We would love to have you. And the phenomenal Nathan McInerney. I may be showing my age, but during that promo intro, I thought you were going into the Facts of Life theme song. I was going for more like wrestling promo, but I appreciate it nonetheless. How's everyone been this week? You need more yelling for that. I mean, I, I'd have to move away from the mic and then I'd be kind of self-conscious on whether or not you actually heard me. And it's probably better that I just do things the way I do, even if it probably doesn't sound all that good. But thank you, regardless, for letting me fill your ear holes with some sweet, sweet Mitch music. Nope. How's everyone been this week? I've been all right. Just hanging out, playing with new technology, you know? Such as? Such as that new Chromecast thing that came out. Oh, how is that? Uh, it's super fast. Um, yeah, I, I ordered it a, a couple weeks ago. It's, um, it can work just like any other Chromecast, but it, uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, it's, it's got, it comes with a remote, kind of like, I guess, an Apple TV or something like that. This thing okay. is just kind of a glorified Android box, um, and it, you know, it plugs into your TV like a Chromecast. Um, it's really neat. Uh, the interesting thing, which we spoke about uh, a few episodes ago, uh, was that it does not currently have Stadia support, which Lame. I find completely perplexing. But it's I okay, did... they're not supporting Stadia anyway, so why would they support it on their new tech? Exactly, right? So I did, I did a little bit of digging... There is a GeForce Now app on it mm -hmm. and a Steam Link streaming app. And I played around with both of those. I connected my PS4 controller to it. And I didn't play a match of Apex, but I loaded up Apex. Just kind of ran around in the, uh, the what is it, the uh, training area, the, the shooting range and sure, stuff. Sure, sure. Um, with a controller, it felt really good. And then I got the idea. Hang on. Let's let's take this nice fancy new wireless keyboard that I got and this fancy wireless mouse that I got, flip them to their Bluetooth setting, and connect both of those to it. The keyboard seemed to work just fine, but I think there might be a weird delay with the mouse Bluetooth or something, because mouse movement did not feel good compared to the controller. Um, it was just that little bit more delayed than, um, you know, 
any time other time that I've used um, uh, like a streaming service on my PC. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's kind of an interesting experience. But uh, yeah, I booted up. Um, I also booted up some Skyrim and played around with that a little bit uh, in through the PC thing, and you know, same same issue. So I think I think the the mouse Bluetooth to the actual thing, uh, the actual Chromecast device uh, didn't quite work so well, and that was the only thing holding it back. But with the controller, it worked just fine, just like you know Stadia is supposed to. So. Supposed to being the operative word. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, there's another big thing that came to Stadia this week. There oh. were some demos that they released as part of this Stadia thing. And I know earlier today yes. you were playing one of them, weren't you? Yeah, I, I, I gave both of them a shot. There's um, one called uh, Humankind, I believe. Um, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, I could just open Stadia right now and take a look, but... Um, the power yeah, it's, of the gaming cloud. Ooh, it's um, it's basically a civilization. It's a bit of a, a civilization clone, and it's not afraid of it. Um, right. It, it looks and plays and feels a lot like civilization. Now, I've got some experience with Civ, um, but it this thing being kind of an alpha demo sort of thing to try and. They they want it they 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 put this out to try and garner some feedback uh, for when they're building the the full game and so they only released uh, just like one scenario of it and uh, the tutorial of this scenario isn't finished and I could not figure out what to do it was no, it just like, sounds like Stadia everything's coming out half baked yeah pretty much pretty much um. But then there was... Uh, th that game's also coming out to Steam, I believe. Um, okay. But I think they just put this out to people, so they didn't... You know, probably a cross-promotional thing. They probably got a little bit of Google money to put it on here. to, You know, so they could test it out or whatever. But then um, there's a, a, a kind of a Pac-Man Battle Royale that's out. Interesting. Yeah, oh, it's, a, it's a... Yeah, it's, it's just a demo on Stadia. Anybody can go and play this right now. Even you, Nathan. You can log in with your Google account and huh. just play it. It's, I have a Stadia it, account, technically, yeah. I think. It's, uh, it's just... It's, yeah, it's just... It's um, a Pac-Man Battle Royale. It's just a Pac-Man Battle Royale. Like, it, there's... You get... I don't know how many uh, other players in there, but uh, it fills it fills everything up with, with screens similar... Similar to um, Tetris 99, in a way, but Pac-Man. That's the best way to describe it, except you can cross from screen to screen, um, and as one person's eliminated, their screen disappears, and the whole arena shrinks down at that point. So, hmm. you know, like Pac-Man, you have a number of lives, and you respawn and stuff. If you're out of lives, you're out of the game. Um, and yeah, the last round I played, I... Uh, I won. Uh, it was probably against all bots, and so I quit while I was ahead. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> earlier today. That just sounds like most people's, you know, battle royale experience of, oh, I'm doing really great because they're bots, and then they're not bots, and you're not doing great. Yeah. But interestingly enough, another uh, another thing that came to Stadia this week is the first DLC expansion for Doom Eternal. 
And I know our resident Doom expert, unfortunately, is not with us. Uh, Our film baby, Alex Balland, has been busy filming a documentary this week on video game accessibility, which is going to be amazeballs when we actually do get to see it. But he did give us some words on that DLC because he rewarded himself wrapping shooting by playing it. And it's more Doom Eternal, and that's not a bad thing. And that's all I got. Cozy, Uh, what have you been up to this week? Oh, okay. Sorry, Sorry no, Co- oh. Cozy's showing something on, on screen from Alex himself. Yeah, uh, we, should, uh, uh, and we should probably call that out. Yeah, you should go and follow uh, Alex Spellant on Twitter. He's at blatantly underscore Alex. Uh, he's been tweeting up a storm of behind-the-scenes photos of his work on Access Granted. So please go and check that out if his documentary is of any interest to you based on the way he's described it in the past. Uh, he also yeah. actually and did. Inst- Instagram as briefly. well was really good. He had a lot of content there as well. Got noticed by the Humber Twitter account. Got re- uh, he, th- He's gotten so lucky with a lot of the things I've been able to shoot, and I'm so happy for him. So I'm very excited to see uh, how that all turns out. No spoilers here. None whatsoever. Cozy, what have you been up to this week? I recently made a new video game in core so you might previously remember that in the past um i used core which is a video game engine slash platform in the vein of services like roblox or dreams on the playstation 4 to create games of my own uh around the time of the core slash kind of funny game jam i made a game called planet of the toilet toads which was a kind of third person competitive shooter and then a little while after that i made a kind of first-person puzzle game called Into the Mist. Uh, This game is called Into the Bread, and it's, I would say, a spiritual successor to Into the Mist. Tonally, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more humorous. There's a story going on that's told by way of these little text pop-ups that appear here, there, and everywhere. Um, But it is not dissimilar to Into the Mist in that much of the gameplay consists of you kind of running around and platforming in first person and in just a bit uh, obtaining a special ability that uh, you gain access to uh, by throwing objects at other objects. In this case, obtaining super yeast that allows you to rapidly grow loaves of bread. Uh, If the game is of any interest to you, I recommend that you go onto Core and check it out. Like I said, the game is called The Bread Rises, so not i suspect you're probably not going to have too difficult of a time finding it Uh, however there is something more pertinent than actually playing it that i need all of your help in i actually do want to say something before we get there cozy and that you seem absolutely addicted to food at the current at like right now between this all the cooking you've been doing putting that up on twitter and instagram and also trying to promote your your twitch to you know do your first cooking stream. So yes. if anyone's interested in that, head over to Cozy's Twitter. The link's in the chat, or you can find it on uh, like Cozy's Twitter. You can go find him at Alex Casina or twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear Live. And One million percent. once he gets to a certain threshold, he's going to cook for all of us virtually. And who doesn't need more virtual cooking during this pandemic? I, I apologize for send us all food. I apologize for interrupting, Cozy. Please. I mean, I might, you know. Go ahead. I mean, I think that, like, baking some, like, brownies or some other food that won't easily perish is actually a pretty good Christmas treat, but TBD on all that. Um, what I wanted to say earlier was that, so the reason why I made uh, the bread rises in the first place uh, is because 
I was made aware of a game jam uh, hosted by an organization called Game Jobs Live. Uh, Games Jobs Live is basically an organization devoting to helping uh, people amidst a pandemic get game jobs. And basically they announced, hey, we're going to be doing uh, this game jam called the Game Parade 2020. And basically the deal with this game jam is if you're making a game, say using Unity or a more standard game engine, we'll be supplying you with some high quality music that you can use in your game. And also we've partnered with many industry veterans and famous studios that are eager to kind of provide judgment on the games that you're making. Now, here's the thing. At the moment, my game is one of many games in a sea of games that got submitted to this game jam. And they stated that they're basically only really going to be evaluating the kind of top 20 most well-rated games um, by like the actual like game veterans and studios that said they would that said would participate in this. So uh, if you could go to the current page uh, that you currently see on stream, I'm going to be copying and pasting the link to it um, and providing it in the Twitch chat and basically give my game a rating, I would be greatly indebted to you because that will basically push up my game up the rankings and eventually give it a good shot of being evaluated by the big wigs themselves. So we'll, yeah. we'll also make sure after the show and after the show goes live on podcast services, we'll tweet all this information out. We'll put it in the description of the podcast as well so that you know where to go to uh, help out our boy Cozy. One million percent. All right. Well, um, other than that, I mean, the other big thing I've been up to, and I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this because I've talked about it a lot in the past, uh, is much more Apex. Uh, I talked about how I kind of uh, dropped out of it because what would happen is I would play competitive Apex. I would get up to Diamond Tier uh, in competitive Apex, uh, and I basically found myself just getting kind of phased out by the increased skill quality that is required to get any higher than that. And then what would happen is the season would reach its end, uh, your rank would get reset, and as a result, like you drop down from like, say, diamond to, in my case, I would drop down to like a mid-tier silver ranking. And then it'd be like, well, I guess I can go on this treadmill again and work my say way up to platinum, get stuck there and kind of get demoted all over again. And so I just stopped playing it for a while. Uh, over this past few days i got into it all over again and man that game is fun and i I, i've officially decided i'm really gonna kind of focus on getting good at this game maybe i might even seek out like a sherpa to help kind of guide me and make me into a better apex player and yeah i look forward to sharing more updates on my apex adventures in the future that sounds real good cozy uh we look forward to catching up with all of those adventures over at uh, cozy bear live on twitch but Nathan, you've been oddly quiet to start this episode. Uh, it, I see you've been watching a certain something that's caught my eye in the dock. Yeah, so uh, this, I don't know if this is a surprise or not, but I enjoy the Power Rangers show. I've watched it since I was what? a kid. Yeah, I know. What? It's, it's surprising for everybody. Um, but I typically don't consume them uh, weekly, but Power Rangers Beast Morphers is now just finishing up. Um, I did get the notification that season two is now live on that there Netflix in Canada. Only nine episodes of it. Yeah, the first half of the season. Yeah, the first half of the season. Uh, but the season literally just finished airing. So, um, but I found out it's got ties back to RPM. 
which really yes hold on for for everybody here who's not a power rangers fan what is rpm um rpm is uh the 18th season of power that rangers sounds right yeah. it was the last it was the last season that disney worked on i believe or the first season where it was no longer disney i don't remember no exactly. it was supposed it was supposed to be the final season of power rangers and it did so well that they actually uh saban took it over and then rebranded it with samurai um Correct. but yeah. rpm is considered one of the best stories um that um power rangers has put forth and also has probably the best cast out of it uh uh, the girl, oh, her name's um, Rose McIver. Rose, I th yeah, that sounds right. I, I think uh, I, I'll look it up. Yeah, you keep talking. Uh, she's done quite a few things. She played. Uh, she was in Once Upon a Time, but she also was the lead in I Zombie. Um, and then the uh, other the Rose McIver, yes, yeah, and Rose uh, McIver. Uh, Echo Eka Darville was the Red Ranger in that. He went on to play a supporting role in Netflix's Jessica Jones series. Yeah. So it has a good cast, probably the best cast Power Rangers has ever seen and probably the best story because it's a futuristic um, dystopian future um, where there's one city that survived, but the rest of the world's destroyed um, mm. and was ravaged by a computer virus. So it's a lot darker than other Power Ranger series have been. Yeah, typically. And it's wanna... super self-aware. Uh, I do want to comment and say, I, I love the look of the effects. Like, obviously, it's not like the greatest like MC level effects you could imagine, but I feel like they're appropriate for the subject matter in a way that like, I'm like, Oh man, th this actually looks really appealing. So, yeah. So I, I jumped into beast more for season uh, one uh, just to see what was going on with it. And I'm actually surprised by the formula changes that they've gone with it. This is actually based on the go busters Sentai from Japan, I believe. Yeah. Um, which they skipped over and did other seri um, other adaptions before this one. So everybody thought it wasn't going to be done. Um, yeah, so it was surprising when Go Buster ended up being the the, neck, the first series adapted in this new, uh, I think it's Hasbro now that yeah, they're working Hasbro with. It's no longer it. Saban sold it to Hasbro, right? Yeah, Hasbro has it now, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Yeah, I I watched season one and I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts as you get into more and more of it. Um, I actually mentioned last week and we finished this week the first season of Harley Quinn, which we purchased oh, on yes, iTunes yes. like a weird person because who buys content anymore? And oh my god, it's so good, guys! It's <laughs> really, really, really good. Ron Funches plays a social media manager uh, version of King Shark. So you can just imagine the it, it's it's bizarre in the best way possible. We've already bought season two and I cannot wait to catch up on that. And we're going to catch up on that pretty quickly because this week we also cut the cord. Ooh, we yeah. no longer subscribe mm -hmm. to a traditional television service in our household. We have switched at, at least in the meantime to uh, alt TV, which is like an, an IP TV offering from one of the major uh, cable companies up here so we're not totally you know cut off from it uh carmen still needs to get the news and her stories on food network and and w so we had to hold on to some remnants of traditional television but mm -hmm. that's about it uh so that's going to be interesting to see how i i'm i'm totally happy about it but i'm going to be interested to see how how she adapts to that change 
So I'll be sure to keep people abreast on that as the situation develops. Uh, Nathan, you've also been playing some stuff this week. What have you been up to? Yeah, so actually, I didn't play a lot of video games this week. Um, it just wasn't in the video game mood. I'm waiting for the PlayStation 5 to drop. Um, but I got a review code today for a game called The Tale of Paper, uh, which I really uh, enjoyed. In fact, so much so that I just rolled credits on it immediately before the podcast um, and finished Ooh. the game. And now I want to go back and uh, finish up that platinum trophy because it looks like a really easy to get platinum trophy. Uh, with a lot of gold trophies in it. But it's a really neat uh, puzzle platformer uh, where you, it's basically, I'm trying to think, you're a piece of paper and you can turn into different origami shapes. So like one of them's a frog and it lets you jump higher. Um, one's a bird and you can flutter a rocket which will thrust you forward. A paper ball which just rolls down and I'm missing the last one in my head. Um, but there's a bunch of different um shapes and everything you can do as you play through it and basically you got to kind of figure out how to get through it it didn't over what i really liked was that it didn't overstay its welcome you kind of you do it for two or three hours and then you're done and just kind of the perfect amount of time to get through it um so yeah no it's it's a really fun enjoyable game um i was surprised i got to write my review up for it now um and the trophy list looks really solid so yeah, if you get a chance, uh, check this out. I had a good time with it. That sounds mm. awesome, Nathan. I mean, I'm kind of in a similar boat to you where there wasn't much gaming done this week, to be honest, mm -hmm. other than one thing. And that uh -oh. thing is Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Oh, I thought you were going to say Avengers. I have actually not played Avengers at all over the last 10 days. I'm actually <gasps> a little disappointed in you. Really? Mitch, are you yeah. okay? not the person I thought you were. I'm doing all right. Because Ghost of Tsushima Legends, I mean, I'm going to say this now. I know we haven't, we're not talking game of the year, but the fact that they introduced this mode in this game, it pushes it back to the top of my game of the year list. It's that wow. good of a multiplayer wow. experience. It's, hmm. I, I don't know how they did it. They made a game that is predominantly single player and it works flawlessly with multiplayer. What they've added from like, uh, the, there's different challenges you do as you go through the story missions, as you rank up. The gear system is way better than the gear system in Marvel's Avengers. That's right. I'm calling you out. Fix the damn gear system. It's they they added a multiplayer experience to a single player game that is better than a multiplayer game that I've been looking forward to for the last three years, which is disappointing. But I know like this, I'm going to keep coming back to this experience. This is going to be my multiplayer game of choice for the foreseeable future until Square gets their shit together and fixes Marvel's Avengers. What if so they don't is, fix it? Wow. Then I'm going to replay Miles, Miles Morales like three times and play Spider-Man a bunch <laughs> and Bug play snacks. Bug Snacks and Sackboy's Big Adventure probably. Um, Astro's Playroom is pre-installed. And we're going to get to talking about some of the big games that are coming out at the latter bit of 2020. We're actually going to spend the majority of the show... Our main topic of the show is going to be revisiting our predictions for the medic or open critic scores of the games that are still to come out this year. But that's not what we're talking about right now. Right now, we're going to get into the news. Before we get into the news, I do have one last quick question about this experience. Damn it, Cozy. Uh, I was so good. But yes, go I know. ahead. 
but, but it's just, I don't know. It seemed like you were, you were a little bit anxious to get into the news after speaking so highly about this. But... Not anxious. I just had a really good yeah, transition. He doesn't, he, he's worried you're going to shit all over it. That's the problem. No, I, I, no, I actually... no, no. He's welcome to shit all over whatever he wants, as long as it's not me or anyone I care about. Okay, fair uh, so what I'm just curious about is, does it seem like they're setting up Ghost of Tsushima Legends to be a kind of games as a service like experience? Do you see this as being akin to something like The Last of Us or Uncharted's multiplayer modes where those saw DLC updates over time, but you wouldn't really kind of qualify them as games as service? Or does it seem to be more akin to like Rainbow Six Siege or any of those other experiences of that kin? it's probably closer to the Sony experiences. So uncharted the last of us multiplayer, cause they did set up. So there's story content and there's uh, survival content. Story content is two player co-op. There's six or seven missions, I think. And at the end of that, there is a cliffhanger set up for there to be more content spoilers. Um, but like I can see them coming back to this, not monetizing it the way that a game like rainbow six siege or Avengers or, these more traditional games as a service style experiences do. Um, I can see them just adding more levels, more content, more maps. Uh, Cause then the other mode survival is a four player. It's almost like it's a horde mode clone essentially uh, with specific, uh, like you have, I'm trying to, you have three points that you're trying to defend. Enemies will rush in waves to those different points and you have to defend them. Um, and I can see them adding more maps to that. And as you rank up your gear, you unlock more difficult uh, options. So it goes like bronze, silver, gold, uh, nightmare in terms of difficulty. And there's trophies tied to the different levels, getting certain characters to max level, gear score, all this stuff that you'd expect from a multiplayer experience. But I think they're going to, I honestly think they're going to support this up until they come out with whatever Ghost of Tsushima 2 ends up being. And we may talk about that in a little bit as one of the items in the news. See, that wasn't so bad. (laughs) Okay. That was a good pregnant pause, too. I hope Alex leaves it in this time. Also, before we get into the news... (laughs) I'm going to walk out of this show, and you guys can figure out what the hell to do next, okay? Okay, Let me get to the goddamn news. That's the second time I've transitioned moderately well into the news. (laughs) Let me talk about it, goddammit. Go ahead. I really didn't have anything. I just wanted to interrupt you. I thought it'd be funny. I know. It's not funny. That shit ain't funny. Okay. So the first news story comes to us by way of Matt Kim over at IGN. Ubisoft Connect is a next-gen Uplay upgrade with cross-progression and digital rewards. Ubisoft has announced Ubisoft Connect, which is a new player service that combines and expands upon its two existing digital services, Uplay and Ubisoft Club. Players will be able to track their progress in any Ubisoft game while earning exclusive rewards through its loyalty program. So Ubisoft is essentially, you know melded together their two existing social services into a new next-gen service that will allow you to deliver things like smart intel which is very similar to the feature that the uh that sony showed off in the ps5 ui of basically like delivering gameplay tips and videos based on what activities you're doing it'll allow you to track your progress in games and earn experience towards achievements which unlock rewards whether that be in-game like cosmetics or currency or whatever um and for Uh, I know a big thing within our circles is Ubisoft Connect will be allowing and enabling cross-platform features in next-gen titles. 
So cross, progr- cross progression, cross play, a cross platform friends list, statistics, leaderboards, and this will all be introduced as part of Watchdogs Legion, which comes out in I want to say like a week. It'll be less than a week by the time this comes out to audio services. Yeah, and this will be Ubisoft's, you know, social service moving forward. So, guys, it's next gen. We're here, and Ubisoft is doing their own thing. What do we think? Uh, you know, to be honest, I <laughs> don't see myself really using this, considering how little I used the predecessors to Ubisoft Connect. Uh, I, I do want to highlight or rather kind of hone in on one aspect of Ubisoft Connect though, which is that they talked about how they'll be able to update some of their live service games to include more achievements over time as sort of the developers see fit. Like one of the examples that they gave is how the developers behind Rainbow Six Siege can kind of add more uh, achievements to that experience to give players that are sort of straddling the edge of completing all the achievements of that game something new to do. And I am incredibly supportive of that again even though i'm probably never going to use ubisoft connect just because i want that to be more of a standardized thing across all the various platforms and achievement systems in the industry uh, earlier we were talking a little bit about a certain game called apex legends perhaps you've heard of it if not never it's a battle royale game cozy only and talks about it every week on the show but yeah originally like what got me to kind of continue playing that game before my love fully blossomed uh for it was the fact that there was a small little modest trophy list for it uh problem is is that i kind of got all the trophies in that trophy list after like a month or so and i've now been playing it for over a year and i desperately wish that they could just add in more trophies make it so that hey a new apex legend has been added into the game here's a new trophy for you to unlock here's a new uh, multiplayer mode called Armed and Dangerous Evolved. Here's a new trophy tied to that Armed and Dangerous mode. It, if you, Ubisoft could popularize the tendency of adding in these trophies more sporadically, I'm hoping that the rest of the industry will kind of follow suit, but remains to be seen. I realize that's very much a pipe dream on my part. I can think of one concrete example of where you would use this, Cozy. Yes. A few weeks ago, I asked you what platform you play Rainbow Six Siege on. Your answer to that. Uh, oh, I mean, PlayStation 4. I don't play it super often on PlayStation 4, but I do play it on the PlayStation 4. Right, and I asked you that because I have a code and have redeemed said code on PC for Rainbow Six Siege. That is a game that I would like to play, but I do not have friends to play it with. If we were mm. able to do cross-play in future Rainbow Six titles... I wouldn't, it wouldn't matter where I got, you know, a promo code or picked up the game or whatever, we could still play it together. So I think as we move into this next generation, the idea of cross-playing, cross-progression, like let's say you wanted to take your Rainbow Six Siege progress, and I know that game isn't going to support this at least out the gate, so that's not Mm. really a good example, but let's say the next Rainbow Six title, if you started on PlayStation but want to migrate to PC because they introduce super ray tracing, I don't friggin' know how PC gaming works, Mm. but you'd have that option and all of your progress would stay with you in that Ubisoft account. Or, for example, if you were to start Assassin's Creed Valhalla on a current-gen console and get an Xbox Series X next year, I know Smart Delivery is going to enable that, but we're still going to have the option to do those kind of things, right? Hmm. So so we, we actually kind of experienced the future a little bit earlier this year when we were playing Warzone. It was 
me on my Xbox, Mitch, you were uh, on your PS4, and Alex yep. was on his PC, right? And, like, yeah, we didn't do very good because Alex had to hold us with his mouse and keyboard. But, like, that, the fact that that carried over worked, and then there was the, um, uh, what was it? There was, oh, uh, on Stadia, uh, Destiny 2 characters were able, like, that enabled you to transfer your, the, the release of it on Stadia enabled you to transfer your character, I believe, between console and, the, between the consoles and whatnot. So, uh, the like, I guess, I guess EA and Activision kind of were there a little bit already, but the, uh, the fact that Ubisoft is now there and they've actually gone further than the other company. Like, the other companies in the past have just kind of taken that that aspect of it and just sort of piecemeal game by game here and there. But Ubisoft is just taking, it seems to be taking an, an entire initiative behind it, which is nice to see. Yeah, it'll remain to be seen what that looks like as we move into next gen. Will everyone have their own solution? Will Sony and, or will Sony pull its foot out of its ass and figure it out for themselves? That remains to be seen, but as it stands right now, Ubisoft Connect will be available on Windows, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and the Nintendo Switch, and will be releasing alongside Watch Dogs Legion on October the 29th. The next story we have comes from VentureBeat, and that has to do with the September 2020 NPD numbers. Let's get into the dollars and cents. This is coming by way of Jeff Grubb. Avengers and Mario lead strong transition into the autumn. Uh, as it stands, software sales-wise, uh, Avengers and Super Mario 3D All-Stars top the list in the number one and number two slots. Last month's number one ranked game in terms of sales, Madden NFL 21 fell to third place. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2 and NBA 2K21 round out the top five. To note, the digital sales for Super Mario 3D All-Stars and NBA 2K21 were not included in the NPD sales charts. Uh, Marvel's Avengers had one of the best launches ever for a superhero game. Uh, it is second highest video game launch in US history, trailing only Marvel's Spider-Man. Marvel's Avengers debuted as the number seven best-selling game of 2020 year to date. And Mario doing what Mario does coming out real strong. So I know we talked a little earlier about the legs behind Marvel's Avengers. Yeah. And I think if they're able to turn around the content delivery, they've talked about having to delay some stuff, working on some real good quality of life changes. But do we feel like there is a chance that this game, given how well it's sold, has a chance at redemption a la other games as a services like destiny anthem anthem we're not going to talk about that one because that has not redeemed itself it has been entirely <laughs> abandoned by its ea overlords but uh destiny comes to mind um even something I'm, like no man's sky given the appropriate amount of time was able to you know turn itself around do we think avengers has a chance at doing so I mean, I think that anything is possible, Mitch, but even if Marvel Avengers' biggest fans drop out of it to play games like, I don't know, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, I think that chances are unlikely. But again, so, 
you know, Cozy, anything is possible. Yeah. Cozy, can I get you back into the game? Is there any chance? Because the problem is all my friends that were playing it are no longer playing it. They've moved on to other stuff. And I, w- I, I want to get into it with friends. That's the problem. Like, whenever you want to go online, you can hit me up and I'll gladly play it with you. I will say, okay. you know, I... Like, about a year ago, I played a lot of Borderlands 2 uh, with some friends. And, man, that game was like a ton of fun and it was also a like it was a great game to just sort of like shoot the shit while you play it like you're not really Mm -hmm. kind of paying super close attention to the story i don't really get it out of marvel's avengers for whatever reason i find that whenever i'm going around i'm like oh i just kind of have to pay attention enough but maybe that's just me maybe that's just the people i've been playing with we've all been tired we've all been exhausted we don't really want to talk about anything maybe 2020 has taken too much out of us i don't know it's a great game to catch up with friends over so as long as my friends are going to come back to it when new content drops or i can convince them to come back i'll be going back to it aj i know you like to point out to me before the show Uh that uh on pc marvel's avengers not doing so good it uh, yeah okay so yeah if you if you look at the the steam charts um yes pc is not necessarily the best place to play it especially with like spider-man exclusivity and whatnot um so it's all to be taken with a grain of salt but like sales ultimately like don't matter in in terms of a, a, a games as a service if you don't have the service content to necessarily back it up and i'm sure you know the delay of of some of the those updates uh that we heard about those those um, being the kate bishop content as well as yeah. the next gen versions of the game exactly um don't necessarily help it it probably does isn't like like you said it's probably going to um what is it? it's it's probably it's going, going to, to it's going to bounce back and it's going it, to yeah it's it, going to bounce back value. primarily on playstation because that's where they've heavily marketed the game right exactly um but if you were to take the steam numbers um it's currently got about 1400 uh, in the last 24 hour peak concurrence versus the all-time peak uh that's only about five percent of the 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 player base still playing it right now we'll see what happens like you you could take that and apply it to another like if only five percent you've probably still got more on playstation anyway is that enough for them to in the future continue building new content for it who knows it depends on how good this upcoming delayed content is i think with the way that the game was marketed at launch of being oh this game has a great story everything they say about kamala khan and her journey to becoming an avenger is a lot of fun and i think there were a lot of people that played the story enjoyed the story Mm -hmm. and bounced yeah and those people will be boomerang players who will come back when Kate Bishop is introduced, when Hawkeye is introduced, when Black Panther but, is introduced, when Spider-Man is introduced, but not dive as deep into the games as a service model as like traditional gamers might. But go ahead, Nathan. Are they going to though? Like if they're playing through the story, um, obviously when they bring these characters in, there's going to be a small snippet of story, um, but we don't know how that's going to be implemented at this point. Do we, we just know that characters are coming uh, because at this point there hasn't been an additional character added yet right from what the developers have said there will be like each hero 
in the game has their own iconic mission chain, which is a series of missions that are tied specifically to that hero. And from what they've entered or what they've shown of the Kate Bishop content, this will be similar to that in terms of there's probably like five or six missions to play with a little more story content alongside of that. So a little more like richer cutscenes. But it remains to be seen that we'll have to wait for Kate Bishop to launch before we get a, a sense of what the scale of that single player content is. But honestly, the way that Avengers scales its um, its difficulty based on gear score, I don't think it's going to be all that difficult for players to jump back into it. Maybe not be able to play all the content. I know the, the Tachyon Rifts were released last week in the game, and that is a mission type where you're continually losing health but you have to meet a minimum threshold to be able to play it. So there will be some content that will have been introduced since players made have last played the game that when they come back to it, they may choose to play the story content and bounce. They might want or be incentivized to go through and grind a bit to play those mission types. Who knows? But until they make that gear grind cycle a little more entertaining, like, I mean, to go back to it, Ghost of Tsushima is a ton of fun to play through and the gear grind cycle does not feel nearly as tedious as something like Avengers. So I'm hoping some of this quality of life stuff they're introducing now will do a better job of holding on to players when they do come back to experience that content. But it does remain to be seen. Hmm. Uh, well, hopefully, um, I know people were really excited about this, including yourself, but I hope this isn't dead in the water. So we'll see I what mean, happens. You know what doesn't seem to be dead in the water? Assassin's Creed Valhalla and the fact that they've already announced what post-launch content is going to look like. There's going to be seasons, story content, new skills, and more. This coming to us via Sheriff Said over at VG247. Ubisoft has a lot of post-launch content planned for AC Valhalla. Uh, the first expansion titled Wrath of the Druids will release in spring of 2021. That will be part of their season pass. This add-on is set in Ireland and centers around a druidic cult featuring Gaelic myths. The Siege of Paris will be the second and final expansion of the DLC, which is set to release next summer. Uh, the DLC will chronicle the Battle of Francia. Uh, you'll be able to visit Under Siege Paris and meet several key historical figures. Finally, the season pass will also include the previously revealed Legend of Beowulf, this one Ooh. is available at launch and will follow the iconic legend of Beowulf, obviously. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is also adopting a seasonal update model. These will be free content drops in the game. The first season will kick off in December, so shortly after launch. And in season one, you can expect your settlement to expand with a new area. The Yule Festival will be the season's main event. As for new content, season one will include River Raids which aim to create a replayable rating experience similar to what you will experience in the main campaign. And also these free content drops will include new player skills, weapons, and gear. Are any of you interested in playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla when it drops? Yeah. Uh, I'll probably <laughs> play it at some point. Okay. I want to mention, by the way, did any of you ever read Beowulf at any time during your education? No. I saw the movie. Does that count? Yeah, I, I saw the movie with the the Angelina Jolie. The weird animated thing with I think that, that was Sean Bean, wasn't it? What? I don't know. I'm gonna look uh, it anyways, up. But cozy, you uh, go ahead. Yeah, I I uh, had a very enthusiastic English teacher who had us read Beowulf one semester when I was in high school. It's a it's an interesting tale to say the least. It's definitely worth reading if you're interested in high fantasy and like the Lord of the Rings and want to have a deeper understanding and appreciation of where Tolkien kind of got a lot of his fiction from. Uh, and I 
I'd be interested to see what like because like there was a video game adaptation of the Beowulf movie back in the day and it was pretty crappy I'm interested to see what uh an Assassin's Creed like interpretation of the Beowulf mythos will look like and yeah that's about that uh, that's no guarantee that I'm necessarily going to be picking up the game at launch or anytime soon but that part actually genuinely does intrigue me because I have a bit of a attachment to the text in question yeah yeah i i am i've mentioned previously that my building this new computer i got a free copy of the game with one of my components so i will be playing this when it launches and it'll kind of fill the void left in my heart for about three days until the ps5 drops and then i'll completely forget about it like i did with assassin's creed origins or no odyssey i didn't even play origins but i'm still looking forward to playing at least the base game and i think if it gets its hooks in me deep enough that this expansion content does sound really interesting. So we'll see uh, if that content holds up. But you know what doesn't hold up? The ads, the unskippable ads, mind Ugh. you, that 2K Games has added to NBA 2K21. Ugh. So just like last year, NBA 2K21 has added unskippable ads post-launch, but 2K is vowing to fix this. This again coming from Sharif Syed over at VG247. Uh, 2K has issued a statement addressing the negative press received over the last few days about the game's unskippable ads. According to the publisher, the way ads were implemented was the problem, but not the ads themselves. So 2K is vowing to fix the issue, but they are aware of the fact that they've introduced ads that come up during loading screens that are unskippable and take away from a gameplay option you had where during loading screens you could, you know mess with your lineup and change stuff around your substitutions all that kind of thing so their statement didn't say the ads were what was egregious it was just the way that they introduced them as being unskippable let's so my just question... make something clear really quick go ahead I... you've you've sold people this game already and then post launch like a what a month later it's been out for like a month yeah you then that. put roughly uns roughly you then put unskippable ads into it those ads are egregious those are that is a what the fuck well not so ad adding mm. ads to a game like this isn't i wouldn't say the the act of adding ads to a game that is already basically an ad for the nba the players the shoes the jerseys all that stuff they're, they're already advertising enough to players that adding ads isn't an issue to me personally because it is a the whole the whole experience is basically an ad it's the fact that they changed the way that the game was experienced by the way they implemented the ads that is wrong to me in my opinion i think them going back realizing they made a mistake and fixing that is one thing i don't think they have to remove them entirely because the game is just an ad as it is anyway yeah but here's the thing if in the avengers they began now, it probably wouldn't bother you because it's a Disney property. Ad advertising like other, you know, like Disney Plus or something like that, you probably wouldn't care necessarily. But if I, I understand the idea of immersion and trying to make people think that, oh, like, like it just adds to the realism. But like similar to, I guess, Crash... Crash, uh, uh, team, team racing. racing adding 
what exactly did they they add there? They uh, added a microtransaction model to the game post launch. Yeah, that 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 wasn't a very good one, as, as far as I understand it. Um, they did that to avoid any of the negative press that that would originally have, right? And th- this, in my in in my mind, I didn't play either of those games. Fits a similar frame. It's just post-launch, they tried to add monetization somehow that disrupts the flow of the game and changes the way you play it. That's a problem. Correct. I agree with you there. Mm -hmm. I just, Mm -hmm. I don't think the idea of adding ads to a sports game in like adding them the way they did is wrong. Adding ads in general doesn't really irk me very much in a game like this because like I said, everything about the game is already an ad for the NBA, for the shoes, for the jerseys, for the players. It didn't, it, it would make, it would be more uh, outlandish to add it to an experience like Avengers, even if it was a Disney property, because they're already, there's already a mechanism to advertise in basketball. And that's the jumbotron, the, the sidelines, there's always advertisements. There's the yeah, things in the rafters, like, like those things exist. And if they use the existing advertising models in real life in the game to advertise specific stuff, that doesn't bother me. So, it is adding these unskippable ads that bothers me. Something EA experimented with in the past with Burnout Paradise, I believe, mm. was um, there. There were uh, a, there was a collectible in game that is break through all of the billboards Correct. on on in Paradise City here, and they they experimented 10, 12 years ago now with potentially having changing ads on the billboards. So that, you know, people who are going after that achievement or whatever um, would see that ad. Um, That was met back then with a little bit of, like, wariness. Like, oh, that's a little weird. That sort of thing wouldn't necessarily bother me. In In a driving game where I'm paying attention to the road or something like that, where, you know, a side... A side mission is crash through this thing that you're going to see for two seconds that says, you know, Amazon presents the boys, whatever. Who cares? Not a big deal. Um, But I just, yeah. I Yes, the way they implemented it is kind of the worst thing about it. But if they had just put, put their advertisement in a little bar in the bottom corner, like you see in some uh, sports broadcasts or on the jumbotron in between as you're like use swapping your players out from the bench or whatever i could see a little thing like that but i don't know just something like what they did with um ea's um ufc, UFC. game early yeah earlier this year even they like they 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 keep trying and they keep screwing it up like guys be subtle about it use the mechanisms that are already there. There are ways to advertise at basketball games. Just use those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cozy, anything to add or should we move on to the next bit of news? No, not really. You you know, in-game ads are kind of an underrated effect in some games. And specifically, I'm referring to not just like ads for like real life products, but also like, like for example, like the commercials in Metal Gear Solid 4 that are just weird, loony, nonsensical feature ads for like cooking shows and whatnot 
Right. Uh, but that's, I feel like that's, we're, we're going on a bit of a tangent that's kind of disconnected from the, some of the real life implications and issues at uh, hand here. So let's just move on. I mean, there are real life implications to the next story we're going to talk about, and that's to do with jobs. Um, Ooh. And uh, Sharif Syed, who's just all over today's news from VG247, is reporting that there are job openings at Sucker Punch, suggesting that a Ghost of Tsushima sequel is in the works. What? After the success of the possible? game, it's not hard to imagine that the studio's next game would be a sequel. That appears to be the plan, at least according to some job openings. The job ads currently posted for narrative writer and associate outsource artist both specifically list familiarity with traditional Japanese culture and history amongst the list of interests that would be nice to have in a candidate. The narrative writer page stops just short of announcing a sequel, but nonetheless confirms that the person will be responsible for creating engaging narrative content for our upcoming projects. So after this big content drop of Legends this past week, it looks like Ghost of Tsushima likely getting a sequel. Are we surprised? I mean, I, does it feel early? No, not to me personally, because if they're hiring a writer now to write the story, yeah. the game is probably four, what if, five what years if it, out. What if it's just DLC for like the 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 inevitable ps5 version or the upgraded version i think that could also possibly work i honestly i don't think with a game that came out so close to the launch of the ps5 they're probably i don't think they would be planning a remaster of this game i wouldn't be surprised with it being sony and all but i think with some of the news sucker punch has been putting out of how ghost of tsushima will perform on the playstation 5 I don't think that a next-gen version specifically is in the cards. Besides, the game already looks amazing on a PS4 Pro. I cannot wait to hop into Legends on my PS5 and see how that thing runs. And speaking of which, actually, to jump back a little bit, Avengers. That is another game. I'm going to pop into my PS5 digitally, of course, because who buys discs anymore? It's not here to complain. Exactly. I'm I'm curious to see what that's like, because I know... Greg Miller of Kind of Funny on a podcast booted up Avengers on his Xbox Series X that he has for preview, and it loaded like butter. If you can give me that same experience on the PS5, I'm right back in it, baby. Get it, <laughs> get some quick resume, whatever Sony's going to call their equivalent of it. Hop between Avengers and Ghost and Spider-Man, and I'm going to be a happy boy. But I cannot wait to see whatever it is that Sucker Punch is working on with relation to the Ghost of Tsushima franchise. Cozy? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm interested to see where this leads. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not super well versed on like exactly where uh, Ghost of Tsushima's aggressors uh, went in Japan, and so conceivably based on that, where the ghost, the titular Ghost of Tsushima, could go and fight them in the country. It'd be cool if uh, he could travel down to Tokyo and Kyoto and all these other, you know well-known Japanese locales, but I understand that the studio in question wants, you know, this series as a whole to be relatively true to life, or at least, you know, as true as possible while still allowing for a degree of artistic freedom. You know what isn't true to life, Cozy? What is? Halo is not very true to life, but it's true. the Master Chief Collection will be getting optimized for the launch of the Xbox Series consoles, the X and the S, and that update will drop November 17th. This coming from uh, VentureBeat's Mike Minotti. Go ahead. 
AJ? No, you you just for the first time I actually got confused on what you said when it when you were talking about the Series X and the Series S. It's not said, easy to say. You said the X and the S. Yes, so the the cross Nintendo Entertainment System. Exactly, which sounds amazing. Which is also a rumor happening right now in the games industry. Is it? Yeah, people think they wanted the Nintendo and Xbox might team up. I've heard it but, on two different uh, podcasts. Well, that is interesting. What we can yeah. talk about is this optimization that we're going to see on the next generation yeah. of Xbox consoles for the Master Chief Collection, which actually, based on the audience right now, is only really interesting to one of our hosts. But we'll get into that in a second. So Halo Infinite may not have made the launch of the next-gen consoles, but the Master Chief Collection will step up to give early adopters a Halo experience that they can enjoy on their new consoles. Microsoft announced that the compilation will be optimized for the Series X and Series S. This upgrade will be free on November 17th to those that already own the game, as well as the fact that the game is available via Xbox Game Pass for both console and PC, although this is just for console. Of course, November 17th misses the debut of the new consoles by just a little bit, just a week. Uh, This optimized version of the collection will include 120 frames per second for both single player and multiplayer, along with 4K support on the Series X. Microsoft is also promising split-screen improvements along with cross-gen play and adjustable field of view. The Master Chief Collection first launched in 2014 for the Xbox One, and it it currently includes Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary, Halo 2 Anniversary, Halo 3, Halo ODST, and Halo 4. The aforementioned PC version followed up in 2019. So, our resident Halo enthusiast, Alex Ballant, is not with us tonight. But Cozy, I know you've been talking about getting an Xbox Series console in and around the launch. Mm. So, is this something that moves the needle one way or another do you think you'll pick up game pass and jump into some halos on that next gen xbox i i would say it doesn't affect anything because i was going to get the master chief collection on the console no matter what okay but But my plan from the beginning you uh i mean yeah i'm i'm ready to jump into the halos uh so it you it is on game pass are you planning on getting game pass with that uh yeah i so actually i don't know if i mentioned this on any prior episode of the podcast i actually got uh game pass very briefly on pc so that i could get uh, microsoft flight simulator because somebody sort of dared me to get it uh Mm -hmm. and then i booted it up once to fly around montreal and i was i immediately was confronted with the fact that hey if you want to use microsoft flight simulator there is a lot that you have to memorize and i'm like oh well I'll, I'll designate a date in the future for me to figure out the tutorial system in this game. And then I never got around to it and I let my subscription lapse. Uh, but yeah, I, I probably most likely won't be getting game pass on console when it launches. So you don't even have to buy the game. It'll just be there waiting for you on day one. And then this update will be there for you a week after the consoles come out. Cool. Nathan, any thoughts on halo? Um, it's a game. Uh, I still can't play the entire thing on PC yet, right? Um, yeah, it's missing Halo is... Four and Five won't no, come. Five. Well, yeah, they're, they they have okay. They, they have said repeatedly that Five is not coming to the collection, I which know, means which that it will eventually come sucks. to the collection. 
Nah, we'll see. Because it means that Either way, every Halo game will be on PC except 5, and then you'll be able to play Infinite. Am I Sorry, I'm just catching up on the, the reason behind your absence for the last minute or two, and I'm disgusted in you, sir. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> because that just about gives me a good way to wrap up the news. So it's all good. So we can move into read slash watch all the things. And the big thing to have read slash watched this week was a Twitch stream from one Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who was mentioned off the top of the show. She went on Twitch to stream for the first time ever. And some would say it was pretty successful. So she streamed the game Among Us with popular streamers, including Pokimane, Hasanabi, Jacksepticeye, and Dr. Lupo, as well as fellow U.S. House representative Ilhan Omar. Am I pronouncing that? Yeah, I think you got it right. Okay. Uh, the three-hour stream was a massive success, pulled in huge viewership numbers. Uh, the live stream peaked at over 430,000 concurrent viewers, which makes it close to the biggest Twitch live stream in history. Um, if you combine that with the other streamers who were in the game, the number was roughly 700,000 people watching this via one stream or another. And just looking at her number, so AOC's specific Twitch stream, it came in and i think it was the fourth highest stream ever uh i think but it was third third third, third? okay third. well yeah the most the most concurrent viewers in a in a stream that record is held by ninja who had almost six hundred and seventeen thousand people watch his stream the one time he streamed Fortnite with drake travis scott and juju smith schuster my question to y'all is after the success of aoc on twitch and seeing what ninja can do pulling in celebrity which celebrity streaming on Twitch do you think could break Ninja's concurrent viewer record? Do you want my terrible Jed? answer? I have a I have an answer, but I'm going to hold mine to the end. So, this is going to sound terrible, but I think Donald Trump, because of the way his supporters are, could probably beat it. I mean, Donald Trump is more technologically savvy than a number of other like politicians in his sphere of influence, but I don't think he's technologically savvy enough to care about Twitch or really engage with it. Well, there is a Twitch. They have a Twitch channel. Yeah, I know. Did it get, he does. It, it got temporarily game? taken down, but then it, it, okay. it eventually was brought back up. Came back. I'm just saying I like, I don't support anything that he does, but sure. From a realistic perspective, his followers would watch to see what's going on. If he was on Twitch. You know what would break that Maybe. record, though, right? Yeah. Do you know what would break that record, Nathan? What? Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's he he point. would he would be my pick as to who would just destroy Twitch if he ever did a live stream. I think the Rock playing video games would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And if he pulled in his audience from everywhere, there's no way he does not break that record. Yeah, I know. I think that's fair. You get somebody to promote it, even Xavier Woods or something to help him out. I think hey, I go just, for it. I, I okay. You know the 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 old lady who streams or makes uh, YouTube videos or whatever for Skyrim. Oh yeah, yes. Skyrim grandma. Mm-hmm. Her and the Queen of England. Queen of England would be interesting if they teamed okay. up. That that would get rid of Drake and Ninja's numbers. I know we talked about this a little bit off stream, but I mean not this specifically, but just this person. What if the Pope started giving mass on Twitch? 
I mean, he was a pretty popular meme recently. Or yeah, well, he was also in the news today. Moment. He was in the news today for right. coming out and saying that same-sex couples should be allowed to, you know, be in union, which is right. skirting around some issues. But the fact that the head of the Catholic Church said that was a pretty big deal. Absolutely. Yeah, he's hip with the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's entirely possible. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking. Uh, myself what uh like which famous person could also be really successful on twitch i was gonna say jeb bush but then i realized that that's a hard drive article and i don't want to plagiarize hard drive i can Um, can hear it now please subscribe yeah yeah (laughs) i mean it's not like a particularly original answer but i mean i'd be interested to see barack obama go on the platform i think i think he could be pretty successful yeah Oh, bring back the Obama Trudeau bromance on Twitch. Or how about this? So, I mean, we're going to get a little political here. I apologize to anyone who has leanings one way or another. We're not saying we endorse one candidate or another because it's not our politics, but don't go and vote for Donald Trump. Fuck Trump. Um, if, if, (laughs) If and when Joe Biden does win the 2020 presidential um, election, Presumably, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez AOC will not run in 2024, but she would likely run in 2028 as a, I would say at that point, a shoe-in to to win the Democratic nomination if, you know, the youth turn out to vote in primaries and, and things like that, because we all saw what happened with Bernie Sanders. But assuming that we get to that point, do you think a presidential bill of AOC and Dwayne The Rock Johnson on Twitch to promote the campaign could break it because I sure as shit think it could. Maybe. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. All right, let's just move on then. So, uh, double fine. It's fun to speculate. It's fun to speculate, but Uh, ultimately it's unknown what the future has in store for us, considering that I don't think anybody could have predicted this in the first place. I mean, with that being said, let's just move on. Double fine. What the fuck? <laughs> what are we? Uh, this about coming from this, this coming from Kotaku's Ash Parish, who has been writing a number of great, really really strange articles for Kotaku, and this is one of them. Um, Double fine released some uh, concept art for a a, a world uh, like a mental world in Psychonauts that is just a tunnel of teeth, and no thank you to any of that. So. Let's move on. No, let, let's see it on stream. No, don't it. do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do it. Show them. Show the people. Close your uh, eyes if you're sensitive. My hand is reaching for the mouse. Hold on. You're a terrible oh, no. very slowly. Oh, no. It's very... Oh, no. uh, I'm on my hand. I Oh, hold on a sec. My mic is in the way. I'm going to go underneath it. Hold on. Oh. Uh, hold on. My, oh, my mouse oh, is... Uh-oh. Oh, are it you going to do it? that it's oh, on God. stream. Hold oh, on. No. My, Get, my this hand's is great really content for our audio listeners. Oh, my God. Hold on. Oh Hold no! On. Uh, nearly there. Uh, oh this god, it's awful hard. content on for those who listen on My audio. I apologize. Slipped a little bit. This looks. I great. apologize. Why do we dislike ah. this? This looks like great art. It's weird and yeah. Oh, hold on! I finally reached my mouse. All right, we're safe. Finally. Finally. Okay, now we can move on from that to uh, our <laughs> deals of the week, and again, we're not wanting to get too political but this is awesome 
in that Sony has released a free Black Lives Matter theme for the PlayStation 4. It's a static theme. It's free if you want to show your support for, you know, everyone out there who has been marginalized or, you know, I mean, Sony could do a better job of this, of, you know, moderating their platform. And it feels like they might be doing some of that with the newly introduced party features, but it's still nice to have, to see a company do something like this. And it's, it's nice to have. And at uh, the end of the day, I, black lives do matter. And it's yeah. a fact. It's not a statement. It's not a social construct. It's a fact. So yeah. thank you. The, the fact is black lives do matter. It's not a political take. The, lives are not politics. It's just a fact. Black lives do matter. Yep. And so that's to... free. Go check it out if that's something that you want for yourself. I know I've already got, I'm already running that on my PS4 and I'm happy to do so. And I'm same sure other people feel the same. And I just want to say quickly, shout out to Taylor Lyles for writing up this article. You may be seeing her soon on PressYZ's content. Hint, hint, hint. Yeah, we're planning some real fun content around the next gen launches. So please be sure to stay with us through that. We're going to have a jolly old good time. But with that being said, I think we can wrap up pretty much everything and jump into our topic of the show, if that works for y'all. Ooh, it totally does. So our topic of the show, earlier this year, I don't remember exactly when, um, because I've now made edits to the doc and I can't remember when it was first created. Uh, That looks like July. So I'm going to say July of this year. We went through all of the games that were predicted to, or at least had, confirmed release windows ish for the rest of the year and we predicted what their scores would be on open critic i have since gone through at least the games that have come out thus far and scored them up Uh, if a game gets delayed it's no points for anybody unless they guessed correctly that the game was going to get delayed um there's also some games that have been announced since we did that show in july and i thought we could add them to the list and we'll come together in the beginning of 2021 and we'll go through and see who won we do have, you know, a winner in progress who decided to, you know, for one way or Abandon us. Not yeah. be here tonight, but we'll get into that. But as it stands, how do you guys feel overall about, like, since July? We're coming back. We're looking at this list of games. We're looking at what's been added. How yeah, do you guys feel so far? Screen. Yeah. How do you feel about the second half of 2020 and how it shaped up in terms of what came out, what got delayed what got announced uh, after the fact that we're getting now presumably before the end of the year how do we I feel st- i still think avengers is going to get delayed <laughs> okay we have a column in this sheet that has the delayed release date in it three out of the five hosts said avengers were going to get delayed and my response to you in that delayed release date is fuck you but in all honesty it probably should have been delayed because then the content might have actually been there and there wouldn't be so many bugs but i digress the game should came have been in. a next gen game it will be a next-gen game in 2021 should have just been a exclusively next generation can can we get points for predicting that it should have been delayed no and that would have been the right thing to do for the game i'll I'll give you points right or wrong no because fast and furious crossroads came out and that sure shit should have gotten delayed yeah that should have gotten delayed absolutely anything else on this list uh surprise you that came out uh, uh, nothing that came no, out. Really. No. Are you surprised about any of the delays that have been announced at this point? So most of them. So we had a section of games that were Fucking to be anna- that were to be announced in terms of their release dates, but we expected them to come sometime in 2020. That list of games includes. Hold on, let me change one that got Fucking weirdly Halo. formatted. Well, yeah, Halo's one of them. I, 
I think I'm a little bit surprised by how highly Crash Bandicoot 4 was rated. I, well, I mean, well, we weren't that far off from it. Like, we, we ranged between 73 and 81 in terms of our predictions, and it ended up scoring in 85. Yeah, but well, still, well, I think I was a little surprised. Yeah, we'll go uh, game by game in a second in terms of how things did and how we did in terms of our predictions. Uh, but in terms of the games that we ha didn't have release dates... All but one of them at this point has been delayed, or not delayed, actually. I mean, I actually missed one. They've all got dates now. And right. only three out of the seven actually got pushed into next year. I just noticed you didn't update the release dates on the stock. Yes, I did. It's not refreshing. It's in the delayed for... release date column. No, I mean, sorry. No, I mean for like things like bug snacks and whatnot. Yeah, that's yeah it's it in the delayed release date column. Oh, the, where's that? Oh, there it is. Okay. To the right. To the right. Never mind. To the right, so, to the right. out of the games that didn't have a release window, we have Axiom Verge 2, Deathloop, and Halo Infinite, unfortunately, getting delayed into 2021. Whereas the other games on the list Bug Snacks, Fuser, Go Fuser, Godfall, and Spider Man Miles Morales did get 2020 <sighs> release dates. And <laughs> interestingly enough, all of them, even though one of them is not a next gen title, well, yeah, I don't think there's actually a next-gen version announced for Fuser, but they are all launching on November the 12th. And that launch date for Fuser just goes to show you that we probably rated it a little too high. Because if they're putting it out next to next to the next-gen consoles, it's been getting put out to die. Yeah, probably. So I think I would disagree that maybe the rating's not bad. It could be just be going being put out to die. Um, not necessarily being put out to die, but they want to get it out during the Christmas season. Um, I hope that's the case because I want that game to be good. Here's the problem, though. Even if it is good, it's going to go underlooked and underplayed. Um, like, maybe we'll have some sort of like surge because of good reviews, but I still expect, even if it's good reviews, for it to be forgotten about. Yeah, that's, that's fair to say. Um, let's go through the list as we have it, as it stands All currently. Right. So the first game we had on that list was Destroy All Humans. Came out, it was what it was. I think the only one yeah. out of us to play it was Nathan. Yep. It, right? It was and good. It was just, it was fine. It was, it was fine. It was a good and, remake. Uh, thus far, these scores are not final, by the way, because we are reviewing, I will review them on December 31st to make sure they're as accurate as they can be. But as it stands, it's sitting at a 70% on Open Critic, which we were all within five points of that score with me and Nathan. Well, with me being exactly on and Nathan being only off by one, uh, we more or less nailed where that game was going to land, which is pretty cool. Hell yeah. uh, and that jumped. And, and then that thought went right out the window with a number of other games on this list. And so fast and furious crossroads, uh, cozy thought was getting delayed, which was unfortunately yeah. not the case. So, my my argument there back in the day was basically, you know, Vin Diesel, this is not the first video game that Vin Diesel has been a part of. Previously, he worked on the Chronicles of Riddick's, Riddick games, and those were not that bad. In fact, the first one, Escape from Butcher Bay, is still to this very day very highly regarded. And so I thought that Vin Diesel would be, he, he would care very much about Fast and Furious Crossroads quality and, you know, review scores upon its release and that he would be willing to delay it ahead of time to ensure that it was of the utmost quality when it finally did release and clearly I was very mistaken in that regard 
Yeah, it uh, it did end up coming out and it screeched to a halt at a 38% on Open Critic, which only Alex and I got within 10 points of that. The way we're scoring this is basically if you're within 10 points, you'll get a score based on how many points you're off of the score. Otherwise, it's zero. So we both scored mm. points here, but none of the other hosts did. The next game to come out, I'm going to eat crow on this one because I was way off of the 92% that Flight Sim got on <laughs> Open Critic. That was Hell not yeah. great. I knew that one was going to happen. I, yeah, I didn't there. I didn't do enough research into that one, apparently, because I was too young when the last one came out. Also, PC gaming is for dorks. That's true. Um, <laughs> the next game, Baldur's Gate 3, did yeah. come out, kind of. Yeah. So... But we're calling that we, one a delay because the, the full title is not coming out until next year. So it is, for all intents and purposes, delayed out of 2020. So we're not going to yeah. score it, but go ahead, AJ, with. Yeah, no, it, it, like it came out in early access, and I don't recall ever hearing that that was the case, that it was going to happen like that. It just sort of came out full price in early access. No, not so. that I was aware of when we did the list. Yeah. I, I looked for that date, and it was still saying august 2020 but i don't remember them talking early access before yeah um, shortly before that game actually came out i'm probably totally wrong but it's fine the next title that we have there i don't remember why i don't even remember why this made the list but i'm glad it did because we were all with <laughs> three of us were within one point points of, you know of the Easy open points. critic score of 69 <laughs> nice for Sur surgeon simulator nice uh, the next game, fuck all of you, because AJ, Cozy, and Nathan all thought Avengers was getting delayed. It should have been. It didn't. Alex and me both got points for that. He got more than I did, and that makes me sad, because that game shouldn't have scored as high as it did, based on the state of its release. The next title, coming in at an 89 on Open Critic, was Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Plus 2. And I'm glad that that happened. Uh, I'm not glad that Nathan got so many points for it, because he was only... He and... AJ actually were only off by two from wow. that yeah. 89% on open. Creek. But given how much time that Nathan has invested in this game, I feel like it's only appropriate. Yeah. That's understandable. I just knew it was going to be good. Um, I was really, really hopeful with the developers that were handling it and they pulled it off. It's a great, great game. The next game on our list was kingdoms of Amalur re-reckoning a re uh, master reckoning. Uh, a remaster of the title originally released on the PS3 and 360. Uh, that came in at a solid 72, so maybe not up to snuff with what some people here thought it was going to get. Yeah. Uh, but all of us surprised. did score points except one AJ Freeze. That was a disappointing oh. release. Um, I, I played it, and it just... Um, it looks like the PS3 version. They haven't done many upgrades to it. It's almost like a port. If I remember correctly, some of these we uh, we may have looked up just to see where like the original release came out yeah and we tried to pick a window around that and yeah like, yeah it's just funny yeah it's sorry go ahead no 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 i didn't have anything so. I, I was gonna say it's just funny the amount of work that was put into destroy all humans now that was a ps2 game and needed more work um from thq nordic and then but then you also get this from thq nordic uh where it doesn't quite mm -hmm. put the effort in so it's just confusing yeah so we, we've had some questions from our fans on what will happen if this changes at all between now and the end of the year. And the answer to that is these numbers will change because I am going to go in December 31st, 2020 and meticulously review all these numbers from OpenCritic to make sure 
that hopefully I win, but it probably won't happen. The next game that we looked at was one that I was very surprised did what it did on Open Critic because I thought it was going to get a 35. And that's WWE 2K Battlegrounds, which somehow wasn't a dumpster fire. It wasn't great, but it wasn't Fast and Furious Crossroads bad. I, I was one I didn't, point off. So I did not pay the attention to this game at all. Is the narrative around this game being, hey, it's not great, but it's not as bad as last year. They did improve things. Or well, this is completely it, separate from it, last year. It's a different kind of game, right? Okay. It's not It's not the sim experience we got from last year. It's an arcade title. So um, there's a lot of microtransactions to it, but I think that's par for the course for Battlegrounds games from 2K because the NBA Battlegrounds are similar, if I'm correct. So. Okay. That sounds right. Yeah. I'll take your word for it because I don't play these games. I was watching uh, Up, Up, Down, Down play it a bit, and um, they were paying for all the upgrades. I'm like, can't you guys get that for free? <laughs> um, so, as I mentioned earlier, Destroy All Humans, I got a perfect score on that game by guessing a 70. The only other perfect score in this entire thing of games that have come out so far belongs to one AJ Fraser who Ooh. predicted a 78 on open critic for mafia definitive edition, which wow. everything I've heard about that game, I'm surprised it wasn't a little higher to be honest. Yeah. At least a friend of ours, uh, TJ Beckham or Beckham, who has been on the show previously really dug this one. Nothing. Cool. We'll That's move on. A very good pregnant pause. <laughs> yeah, I thought my audio dropped out. Really into it. The next game that has released and actually, yeah, okay. The second to last game that we actually have scores for and a surprise to me and a surprise to all of us, as Cozy mentioned earlier, an 85 for Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. This is one I do want to get to at some point. I'm very yeah encouraged by seeing people play it and seeing... Uh, the reception of the game. It's one I want to get back to, but what do you guys think about this one? It's a crash game, so I'm not too, uh, too interested in it. Uh, I just never dug crash. Maybe if it's really cheap at some point, I'll pick it up. We'll see. PS plus maybe. Oh yeah. If it's PS plus, I'll, I'll redeem it to my library for sure. <laughs> All right. And the last title that we have scores for that released, we haven't had any, that's crazy. We haven't had any big releases in like the last three weeks. Yeah. It felt like it was one every week for, for a while there in September and October. But we're at the point now where the last game that we have a score for is in 79 on Open Critic for Star Wars Squadrons. Came real close here. Yeah. Yeah, you were one off of that. That's pretty impressive, Cozy. Good job. Yeah. Hey, but at the end. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, Mitch, you thought it was going to be delayed, and you're the one looking for this the most? Yeah, I still am contemplating picking it. So I'm in a situation now where since I've started streaming on Twitch, my PS4 is at my desk, so I'm not using it with PSVR. When the PS5 comes out, the PS4 will go back to the entertainment system and be a, a streaming slash gaming machine. And at that point, I might actually pick this one up to try and PSVR because that looks like a fun time. But I just wanted some weird... I wanted to stand out in some way, so I said this would get delayed and I'm eating crow. So... Mm. it's fine mm. it came out it's a smaller title it probably could have used a little more content hence the 79 on open critic 
So, as we mentioned, there are some games that have gotten delayed out of 2020, or delayed a little later into 2020, and that's the one I actually want to talk about first. So, Dirt 5's original release date of October 9th has come and gone, and it is now coming out November the 6th. They should have pushed when it. We originally did, when we originally did our predictions, we said that if a game got delayed from its original date, regardless of if it was this year or next year, that's a zero. Do we still want to stick to that? I don't think so. No. I don't think we should stick to that. I, yeah. Okay. I think I think I think it makes sense to like we we guess the score of the game. I think I think yeah. If we guessed it, if if you're you were hell bent on no, this is delayed out of the year, then sure. But I think I think we should get points assuming that the it still comes out this year. Yeah. Okay. Knowing the game got an extra month to polish, does anyone want to update their score? Nope. No. AJ? I feel like... I'm giving you this one mulligan if you want it. I feel like 90 might be a little high, but I think I'm going to keep it. 120 frames per second. I will also leave my score there just for posterity's sake. And Alex isn't here, so he doesn't get a say on his score. Let's uh, no, wait. He should have been can we here. change he it for him? Uh, yeah. Can we change it to sixty-nine for fun? Oh, that was going to be what I was going to say. Do nice. it. We might eat crow on it, but let's do it. He's not here. He's not going to listen to this show, so it's fine. Honestly, with where it's yeah, going to score, whatever. he's getting zero points anyways because it's going to score really that's high. That's the that's that's the plan. <laughs> so as it stands, our work in progress scores. Alex is leading the pack. The dang kid who you know, decides not to show up for like three of the last five podcasts, but whatever he's leading the way with a 62 AJ and cozy are both tied in second with a 48. I'm in third or fourth, sorry, with a 46 and Nathan's pulling up the rear right behind me with 45 points. So you guys think you can turn this around or are we kind of screwed? I mean, who knows? I I think that go ahead. No, I just think Alex is too youthful and too, too smart. Yeah, he he is too smart. I feel really inadequate next to him all these weeks on the show, having to keep up with him. I mean, there are a couple of things, like, for example, like, and I know it's no longer a 2020 game, but actually, never mind. I was going to I was going to bring up Halo. Well, I was going to bring up, for example, Halo Infinite. Like, I feel like that game can range really wildly in terms of what uh, Open Critics score it eventually ends up uh, getting. And that could potentially, like, precipitously tip the scales in the favor of somebody else. But seeing as how that's not coming out in 2021, we I don't think any one of us can win in 2020. Yeah, it'll be interesting when we get to next year what, uh, what like, because the thing is, we decided to do this halfway through the year. With next year, we're going to have the whole thing to go with. And it's going to be crazy to go through. Okay, this is what was announced in January. And what are things going to look like in December? We're gonna, it's gonna be crazy doing the same, uh, the same game next year. But while there are still games to come out, there have also been other games announced that we had no idea about when this, or we had an idea about some of them, but we didn't know they were coming out this year. So I thought we could add those to the list because that would be fun. And because Alex isn't here and he's in the lead, we made him do all of his predictions blind. So now we get a chance to make fun of his predictions and predict our own scores and inevitably lose to him because he's so dang smart. Can we change his scores? So the first, <laughs> yeah. 
No, we can't change his scores. That's not fair. So uh, the first game on this list that's coming out next week is, or in a week and a bit from when we record this, is Pikmin 3 Deluxe. Cozy, I know you said earlier you have thoughts on this one. So take it away. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I just want to say that I'm really interested to see how the new control scheme for Pikmin 3 influences uh, critics' uh, scoring of it. Uh, The Pikmin series, like, I feel like with each subsequent entry, the kind of control scheme for the series got better and better. You know, the control scheme for the series when it was locked onto the GameCube was fine. It did what it needed to do. Then when Pikmin 1 and 2 were remade for the Wii, I feel like the Wii remote kind of pointer controls like opened things up a fair bit. And then I feel like the series kind of peaked in terms of its control schemes with the Wii U gamepad, just being able to kind of like touch wherever you want to send your Pikmin's on screen with the stylus. And I'm interested to see if the solution that they come up with on the Switch is able to replicate the ease of that control scheme. Because if it can't, I can see this actually dropping a little bit uh, compared to how it originally scored. On the other hand, I do want to say that um, I am interested to see how the extra bit of uh, single-player content, which is going to follow the adventures of Almore and Louis, uh, is going to be received. Because well, one issue that I had with Pikmin 3 is that while I thought that the critical path of that game was excellent, it had it was one of the best kind of critical paths of any Pikmin game, I felt like the... Uh, the amount of like content to take care of after that was over was somewhat lacking IMO, especially compared to Pikmin 2 and its giant sprawling dungeons. So a a lot to consider here. I know that it's easy to just look at this and be like, oh man, it's just a remaster. Is there really all that much to say? But I think that this score could vary widely depending on a variety of factors. Okay. That being said, I want to leave your score to last cozy. So I'm going to say, Nathan, what do you think Pikmin 3 is going to score at? with this remaster coming to us for the Switch on October 30th? An 85. 85. AJ, what do you think? Um, okay, so I, I did I did a little bit of uh, quick research on, on the original. How the original, dare you? I know, right? And that's why I'm t- letting you know about it. Um so the original for the Wii U got an 87 on Metacritic. It did not show up in Open Critic. I don't uh, think Open Critic so existed at the time. Exactly. So uh, about an I think I feel like that seems kind of right, but I think yeah, I think Nathan, I think you're you're kind of spot on. So uh, but I think I'm going to say No, I'm going to say 85 as well. God damn it. All right, well, I'm going to yeah. go next, and I'm not as optimistic. Oh, Jesus, what is that doing? <laughs> wow. I, I got it. Don't worry. I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, <laughs> I'm not as optimistic as the rest of you. I don't think it's going to translate as well to the Switch. I think the lack of content on the Switch this year probably gives it a bump just because people are starved to play something. But mm-hmm. I still think it's not going to come in as high as the original just because of the lack of always having touchscreen controls we did see that as being a bit of a knock with um the mario galaxy remaster or not even remaster port that recently came out of it's a great game but it doesn't play the same without the pointer i think this is going to come in a little bit lower at an 82 cozy uh see i'm of the opinion that i think that pikmin 3 in its original form 
was like more at a 90 than an 87 but i think that for pikmin 3 deluxe it's going to drop down to an 87 so 87. that's where i'm okay. going to write it all right and that's uh just to catch people up alex's prediction which he gave in before the show is an 85 the next game we've got coming is another remaster but this time for next gen consoles on the launch date of both the xbox series of consoles and the playstation 5 we will see the remaster of devil may cry 5 special edition launching with those any thoughts here or do we want to get right into predictions um really quick uh this is another one that i looked up because it is kind of a, a another re-release um it's the original is currently sitting at an 88 if that gives you any anybody any idea as to where they may want to score this thing um yeah you got you guys talk amongst, amongst yourself I got nothing for this one. Nope, me neither. Cozy? No. All right, let's get to it then. We'll go in the reverse order since we made everyone else go first. So, Cozy, I'm going to need your score on this one. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to rate at a 90. I feel like it, it's... I'm not saying that this is like more of an anecdotal observation than like a super scientific observation, but I feel like with these games that originally score in like the 91 to 99 range, when they get re-released or ported, people just round it down to a 90. Not as like a, oh, it's lesser than its original release, but more as like a, well, I can't rate it higher because nothing has really changed, but I still want to signify that it's of a very solid quality. So straight 90. See, I think there's going to be enough content added to this as well as the visual fidelity increase that I think it's actually coming in at a 91. I think it's going to do just a little bit better than the original. AJ, where do you think this one's going to rank amongst the rest of them? I'm going to say 89. 89. Nathan? Uh, let's just prices write this one up and say 92. I think it's a good game uh, liked by people who like that style of game. And with the new content, new character, and the frame rate upgrades, I think it's going to do well. And our film baby put this one at an 89 as well. The next game's actually coming packed in with every PlayStation 5 that goes out the door, and that is Astro's Playroom. Am I the only one that is curiously excited about this oh, one? Oh, I can't wait to play it. I think this is going to be great. I think it's going to be a great showcase of the controller and the features, but I don't think it's going to be much more than that. Well, but it remains to be seen. I'd be I'd be pleasantly surprised if it came out was a full blown experience. It's a four or five hour game, apparently. Really? Yeah, no. Uh, I saw uh. some details on it. They talked about it. It's a four or five hour experience uh, game, um, and it's wait. Is this going to be like Welcome Park, where there are trophies attached? Oh, I'm sure there are. I would trophies imagine attached, so. Yeah. Ooh. Um, and with there we go that might change everything with how astros um or the uh, astrobot rescue mission um it won't hit the highs that rescue bot astro mission hit obviously but i think it's going to do quite well if they are able to translate the gameplay and the cute mascot which he should become the mascot of sony i i think with the fact that he's like a little white robot i think we're going to see a lot more of astro heading into ps5 uh to add to what nathan it was saying actually i found a game rant article uh talking about the length of the game uh the worlds that the players will be exploring there's about four of them and they are apparently to be called the cooling resort the gpu jungle the ssd speedway and memory sky 
and will be filled with collectibles and PlayStation Easter eggs for players to find, though it's unclear if the four to five hour playtime is in reference to a single playthrough or 100% completion. And I know this is the one I'm going to be playing while I wait for everything else to download on my system. I, so, Nathan, Yeah, I was just, um, with the Easter eggs and everything else in there, I think it's just going to be a fun jaunt. And it's going to be included. So, let's be honest, if it's included with the PlayStation, um, people are going to probably rate it a little bit higher because it's free. All right. That being said, Nathan, what is your score on this one? Ooh, uh, let's say an 82. 82? AJ? Um, I'm going to say 83. 83. Cozy. I'm going to be adventurous and say 75. That is not like, like sometimes you slap a 75 in the game and you're like, it sucks. It's 75. Th this 75 is like, it's a small but well-polished experience. 75. Kind of yeah. 75. See, I'm kind of tossed between that line of thinking and everyone else. And... I really need to get back to Astrobot Rescue Mission. And I love the character. I loved the the level design. Everything was really fun in VR. I think they're going to have a really good time with J Japan Studio getting into the nitty gritty of some of the PlayStation details and bringing them out in a way that is a little more approachable for, you know, kids and people that are just new to the system. And for that reason, I'm pricing prices writing this to a bit of an extreme and saying 85. Hmm. I think this one's going to be great. The next game we've got another launch title for the PlayStation 5, uh, cross-generational title, Sackboy, A Big Adventure. Anyone else excited about this title coming to us via stu uh, Sumo Digital? I, I am a lot. I feel... It's, it seems nice that they've made it nice and uh, a focused platformer, but it still looks like it's super floaty and controls away. I don't necessarily like yeah so. you know i have a lot of respect for sumo digital i think that they do good work but i feel like i don't know if, if any of you disagree with me feel free to chime in but i feel like pseudo sumo digital has never kind of passed over that hump of being like we're we can make great things we're, we have great people on our team and now we're going to make something truly great and truly spectacular and really just knock it out of the park they've always made very good things but i feel like they've just fallen short of like really knocking it out of the park nathan thoughts yeah um i love little big planet games um i've platinum number uh, three i've like aced every single level in them i actually like the floaty controls because i've got them down 100 percent um so i'm looking forward to this game quite a bit and i think it's going to be good based on what i've seen from it it looks like they're taking the formula of mario 3d world to a point and maybe making it better because that game ain't good um so hopefully excuse me the fuck mm. i don't like mario 3d world i don't think it's a good mario game um you're a damn. bad mario game so i think it's Correct. imprecise he's a human being he is not a video game so that was a factual yes. statement i win I, I guess that's fair no i think this is gonna be good um <laughs> it, it should be a good a good game i don't think it's gonna be great it, like it's not gonna be a 90 or anything but it's gonna be good all right oh. with that being said then nathan i want your score first okay uh quickly uh, i wanted to clarify open critic are they gonna count the ps4 and ps5 reviews together that's a good question um looking at some of the other titles that we've gotten on open critic if i quickly click through because i uh it seems like it is more of an amalgamation of uh like 
they're they're a little more particular with terms with with which critics they pull from. I would imagine the majority of reviews are going to be focused on the PlayStation Five version, so I would expect it to skew that way. But there may be some PS4 reviews they pick up. Okay. Um, no, that's what I figured. Uh, I just want to clarify that, and I'm going to say it's going to get an 85. All right, 85 for Sackboy. Um, I'm not as optimistic about this one. I think it's actually coming at about a 79. I think it's a good spot for that. Uh, Cozy, where do you think this one's going to hit? You know what? I think it's going to get an 82. I think that the fact that it's a launch title is actually going to give it a bit of a bump. Okay, AJ. Whereas I think that... Like, I think that if it wasn't a launch title, it would have maybe gone more in, like, the high 70s, mid-70s. But, again, launch title bump, I think it's going to land at 82. All right. And, AJ, where do you think this one lands? Uh, I'm going to say a solid 80. Right on the nose with an 80. All right. The next game we've got coming just after the next-gen consoles release on November the 13th is Alex's favorite subject, Kingdom Hearts, Melody of Memory. He didn't put uh, a 100 here. I think that's a typo. I think we should change that for him. Let's put that yeah. in as 100, the highest yeah. game ever rated on Open Critic. And yeah. I'm actually going to start this off by saying I played the demo. Uh, I totally forgot I'd played the demo until just now seeing this. Uh, there's a demo out now on the PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. I played it specifically on the PS4, and it's fine. Um, it's a Kingdom Hearts rhythm game. I like that there was a one-button mode because managing the three buttons and the jumping and all this stuff was a little much for me. So it's not mm-hmm. one I'm picking up. Cozy, I know you're our other resident uh, Kingdom Hearts nut, so to yeah. speak. So what do you N- think about this Not as big one? as Alex, of course. No, of course. That hundred is That's just hard amazing. To get that he really likes Kingdom Hearts. Uh, so here's the thing. I feel like people consistently underrate the Kingdom Hearts spinoffs. I think that chain of memories 358 over two days even recoded for the ds are all like surprisingly well-made robust experiences and i think that for various reasons that i'm not going to get into i think that people like to rate them lower than they're deserving of so i'm gonna put this in at a 78 i think that it's not deserving of 78 but that's where i think that it's going to round out to nathan um uh kingdom hearts uh i don't think this is going to review well uh 68 whoa i um so so like i I don't want to like get into like a argument here but like in my opinion i feel like the only way that memory sorry melody of memories can drop like as low as in the 60s is if it comes out and people really take issue with the amount of content that's in it because that's what happened with the remind dlc for kingdom Hearts 3 that came out earlier this year where everyone's like there is not a lot of meat on the bone here and kind of rated it pretty poorly as a result i i i just i can't see it dropping too low if there's a lot of stuff to chew on i i just think this isn't what kingdom hearts players are looking for in a game and it's gonna feel like um another spin-off but not what people are not what people who play kingdom hearts are looking to play so and i think that's going to hurt it especially from mm-hmm. if there are people who are reviewing it are fans of the series uh which typically i expect they would be they might like the lore but they're not going to like how they get there 
Sorry, I got distracted. We'll My wife came home with Timmy's donuts, and I missed both of your numbers. Can you repeat them? Uh, I did 78, which you put down already. Perfect. Nathan, you said 60-something? What did I say? 68? That's yeah, what I thought. Yeah. All right, AJ, I know you were jealous of that donut, so what do you think Kingdom Hearts is going to score at? Um, uh, definitely not whatever the hell Alex put there. 100? Yeah, he's nuts, but I, no, I appreciate yeah. the fandom. You know, it's, it's his thing. I don't want to kink shame, but you know what? You know what? It's okay. We this is a nice, well, welcoming, safe space mm. for those opinions. If um, this game comes out and gets a ninety plus, he's gonna laugh at all of us. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say I'm gonna say it, it'll be seventy five. Seventy five. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Where is you? Does you name? So that goes in there. Um. I'm just think. Ah, uh, uh, man. These are good numbers. Honestly, I think I think there were enough Kingdom Hearts fans that the fan service from the music is going to help it, not hurt it. Hmm. And I think it will won't hit as hard with non-fans, but I think for fans of the series it's going to be solid enough. I'm going to say 80. Ooh. So the next game we've got announced is coming from uh, a, a strange place, and that's Koei Tecmo. Who are working on yet another Warriors style game for Nintendo. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, coming out November the 20th, will act as a prequel to The Legend of Zelda A Breath, uh, Breath of the Wild. And who saw this coming? No, not, the, not the way that, like, I could see a Hyrule Warriors 2, but to make it the prequel to Breath of the Wild which is, uh, as Nathan would absolutely agree, probably the best Zelda ever made. Nope. Um, shit. Uh, yeah, it's it came out of nowhere, and that's actually, it's super neat. Cozy, thoughts? Uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm gonna put this one at an 83. I think that it's clear that they're putting a lot of love and care into the story of Age of Calamity, and I'd imagine that Koi Tecmo will take the lessons that they learned from the original Hyrule Warriors and uh, apply it appropriately to the sequel and make a more enjoyable, less grindy experience. N not that the original Hyrule Warriors was that grindy to begin with, but I think that there are improvements made and they will be made with this game. But it being a Musou game, I think will keep it from reviewing that much more highly. Sorry, I zoned out a little bit. What was the number? Oh, you got it in there. No, you 83. didn't. What? 83. Well, that's not... 83 is correct, but it's not... You, you put it I was going to say, that's spot. not you. Yeah, you're over here. I got it. Uh, since I had a number in for AJ, uh, I'm going to ask him for the next one. AJ, what do you think? Um, I think... Hmm, I think it's going to do better than the original, probably, because of the Breath of the Wild connection. So I think somewhere around 80 is probably the good the sweet spot but i'm gonna go a little bit higher and say 85 85 you say okay let's throw that in yeah. there nathan what are we thinking here uh can i ask a question of mitch who is a breath of the wild super fan for some reason please do um did you enjoy dying or um hyrule warriors at all i didn't play you it. didn't play it um nope do, have you played a muso before 
were any free on PlayStation Plus? Maybe a Dynasty Warriors was. I don't know. Then maybe I, I played a Dynasty Warriors at some point, but by and far, I have not followed this style of game. In I'm going to try and get you a Dynasty so here, Warriors uh, review code going forward. Um, please do. Here's the thing. I, I really enjoyed Breath of the Wild, and I hadn't played a one of those before, and I enjoyed Hyrule Warriors. Okay. So. Um, I, I don't like Musos. Um, I don't like Breath of the Wild. That being said, the fact that it has the name Breath of the Wild um, it will be overrated uh, from where it should be. So I'm going to say uh, let's shoot this one into the sky and say an 87. 87? Wow. Wow. Um, if I'm recalling correctly, uh, a lot of the praise that was brought to the original Hyrule Warriors was with regards to the variety of characters and the unique weapons that each of them brought. As far as we know, I believe it's just Link, Zelda, and the four champions that are playable in this one. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cozy. No, they've been showing off some new characters, like, for example, Impa, like a much, much younger version of Impa oh, really? that resembles oh. Paya, for example, has been shown off. Huh. Yeah. And I would suspect that there are probably going to be some more characters that are going to be revealed. They are, unlike the previous Hyrule Warriors, they're trying to keep it within the continuity and universe of uh, Breath of the Wild. They're not, like, opening up portals to other dimensions. Uh, so the roster will probably not be as expensive. But, yeah, that's sort of the current situation. Uh, I think with that being the case, and it's actually coming a little higher than I originally was going to give it. I'm going to say a 79. Because it was going to be much lower than that. But I think 79 is the right spot for that. It's right in line with the definitive edition of Hyrule Warriors that came to the Switch. I know people love Breath of the Wild and they'll like the story here. But again, it is just a Musou. And I know people are a little tired of the genre and the repetitive nature of those titles. That being said, we can move on to our second to last title on this list. And that's the surprise rename and expected launch in December of Immortals Phoenix Rising. Originally known, originally known as yeah. God and Monsters from Ubisoft. Gods and Monsters. It was renamed in part due to a lawsuit filed by Monster Energy Drink, who felt that the original name of the title infringed on their use of their branding in video games. And lo and behold, like a month after that lawsuit was filed, uh, Death Stranding came out that was full of Monster Energy Drink promotion. So not all that surprising, but we've now had a look at Immortals Phoenix Rising. Actually... As of recording, there will be a demo available tomorrow. So by the time you listen to this, you can go to Stadia and for free play a demo of this game. And I look forward to doing that and really Me wish too. that had been today and not tomorrow. Because then I might have actually had something to say uh, in terms of the input to this game. But it looks really good. It's It, it also ha like seems to be inspired by Breath of the Wild. Slightly. Oh, no, uh, I agree with you whole, wholeheartedly there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have nothing else to say. Like, I'm just watching the trailer, gameplay trailer right now. And it's just, yeah, it looks, it looks good. We'll see how tomorrow, how it plays. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about this okay. one. So I apologize. Were no, you guys okay. trying to do a really long pregnant pause? I apologize if I accidentally. <laughs> yeah. No, I no. think this looks good. Um, it looks like it might do what Breath of the Wild tried to do right. So I'm looking forward to playing it. 
I think it's surprising. I think the December launch... I'm surprised they're not holding it to the spring, to be honest, because I feel like it would get a little more clearance from the next-gen titles if that were the case, because I have a feeling it's going to come out and actually surprise a lot of people. So with that being said, I think it's going to come in around an 87. Nathan, where do you think this one's going to score? Yeah, so it's an Ubisoft open-world um, checkpoint-type game is my understanding, um, and those tend to do pretty well. I think you're probably right on the money with 87, so I'm going to stick there too. All right. Uh, AJ? Uh, mm. Yeah, ba based on the look of it and everything, I think I think that's about right, but I'm, I'm going to one-up you and say 88. And Mr. Kazina? Uh, I'm going to say 84. N nobody has said 84 in a while now. That is true. And th with that, we can move on to the last title we have on this list, and that is The Medium. Coming to PC and is a console launch exclusive to the Xbox Series X and Series S oh. on December the 10th. Was someone saying something? I was looking at the dock and not at the, 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 the call. Sorry, I just want to say you're getting a little bit robot-y for a sec here. Meet I didn't meet hear meet it on my end. You, you, really? It was fine on my end. Yeah, might have just been yeah, on your end, Cozy. Yeah. I was fine. There were reports earlier of me sounding robotic in the, the stream. And that might have just been your connectivity to me. But thankfully, huh. that no longer seems to be the case, I'm hoping. Can you hear me, Cozy? Check, check, one, two. Yeah, it's it's better. It's better. I could still hear you earlier. It's just yeah. it sounded like the nanomachines were overtaking you. That's Well, all. as I was saying through said nanomachines, the medium coming as a console launch exclusive to the Xbox Series X and Series S, as well as PC on December the 10th. Since you heard me as a robot, Cozy, what do you think about this title? How do you think it's going to do? Are you familiar know, with I've this not, title at all? I, I've watched I've watched the trailers. There's a woman walking around. There's some supernatural stuff. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Shifting between two perspectives, two different worlds rendered at the same time, all that jazz. Uh, AJ, Nathan, thoughts about this before we get to scoring it? It looks like a spooky. Uh, I, oh, sorry. Go, you go ahead. It yeah, does look like it, a spooky. It's super spooky. Super spooper. Um, yeah, no... I, hopefully it does uh the shifting between planes as well as titanfall 2 did because that could be an interesting concept interesting in concept but i don't know how well it's going to translate to the game itself yeah. uh, we haven't seen much in terms of gameplay i fear that this one is going to be a technically intensive walking sim um, and I, I actually like Alex's number in there at an 86, but I think I'm going to go a little bit lower at an 84 myself. Uh, AJ, what do you think in terms of where this game's going to flush out? Uh, I'm going to come in right in between you and go with uh, 85. Nathan? So, like you mentioned, we haven't seen gameplay, and that worries me on this, especially with it coming out in December. Um, it kind of, like... It's been it was delayed, right? Or it uh I don't think it ever had a release date. I think this is the first release date they gave. It, it. just seems like a really weird time for the title to be coming out. And I think if it was going to be good and like it, it's a month just a month actually it's a, exactly a month after the Xbox Series X and S release. And I think that like a month's a little bit of polish, but it's not going to change the score hugely and if they could release it 
on that day and it would make sense they would and i feel like it's being put out to die a bit in december considering xbox has no other uh, tentpole titles coming out like f- major tentpole titles well I, th- I think that's it's all i think that's it's only uh, claim to fame there because it comes out a month after launch when people may have already played a lot of the launch uh titles and right before christmas so that people could potentially open it up christmas morning if somebody wants a game for their new console so i I think to see a game come out in december after the prime holiday shopping season is more or less wrapped up is a worrying Mm -hmm. sign i also think that this okay i'm gonna go back to a game i love and hate all at the same time i think the avengers next gen version is going to drop like january february because i feel like that's the perfect time to put out a title that you want people to get eyes on who have just wrapped up work like working their way through the backlog of launch titles whether that be on the xbox and on the playstation with bug snacks or miles or Sackboy or whatever it is you're going to play so i think early next year would have been a great spot for this especially like getting spoopy around christmas is a little strange but it remains to be seen what this game really shapes up to be. And to remind our hosts, I know this is the last game, but you are allowed to say a game will be delayed. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're going to delay this. Ah, that seems risky. That seems risky. Yeah, this close. I'm going to say this is 75. 75 from Mr. McInerney. Cozy? I'm going to try and straddle the difference and go with a solid 80. Solid 80. You got to make some big moves. Right, so and with I think that... If any of these games is going to get delayed, it might be that one, but... I don't think anything else in there could be delayed at this point. Maybe Immortals, if the demo goes really poorly, but I feel like that train has left the station, honestly. But with that... Delay playroom. We've pre- we've predicted the majority of the games coming out between now and the end of 2020. And we can wrap up the show and come back to this early in 2021 to see just how wrong we all were. Absolutely. Oh, uh, Before we wrap so, up the show... Um, yep. Can we just do a prediction on what PlayStation news will drop tomorrow? Now that we've recorded right now, uh, they're canceling the system entirely. Just they're done. They're getting out of games. They're pulling the Sega Dreamcast and just canceling it right there, right then. That's my prediction. I'm trying to think what could still be announced for the console at this point. I don't think we're getting much else. Hmm. Um, first, cozy. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think that we've kind of passed the event horizon. IMO. Uh, Maybe like I, the, the only big thing I, I could see, and I mean this, I don't doesn't really count. It's you know not part of the same sort of universe, but like a big meaty DLC in the vein of something like uh, the Champions Ballad for Breath of the Wild, but like for another game that came out this it, year. In all in all seriousness, there was some news that happened with regards to friends. Uh, groups and stuff and party system I think they could announce they are fixing that and going back to the old one uh, to the old way or coming up with a better way to do it so I think we didn't talk about that news a ton I think with with regards to the party changes I think it's because they're doing so to enable specific features on next gen that we're all going to really like to see but it's going to limit the way the game is presented or the way the console manages parties now uh which is unfortunate 
uh, I just thought of what I think the big thing is going to be and that tomorrow we're going to see tweets of we have a PS5 in the apartment because no one's in offices right now expecting mm-hmm. impressions on Monday or something like that. It's uh, possible. I think we will see the UI dump number two where we see more in-depth stuff including the store trophies um, and other things they did at uh, the media tab that they did not talk about yet. See, I'm just realizing right now, I didn't realize what you were asking us at all earlier when you asked us about the PlayStation 5. I thought you were asking what games could still come out later this year, and I brought up the Zelda DLC example of something that could come out, but that was not what you were asking at all. <laughs> not in the slightest, but tomorrow we get the Pokemon Crown Tundra, yeah, which no I'm very excited guys, to play. No wonder you guys seem so confused. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm just used to it us. at this point, Cozy. No. You can. Do you uh, have I do something? legitimately think, though, that. What? Do you have, like, an actual prediction then? Well, I mean, I do think that, like, for example, Jeff Keighley's uh, Game Awards could, you know, potentially shadow drop something pretty significant uh, later this year, but I have no clue what it could be. Mm. All right. With that, I think we can wrap up this episode of Press YYZ. As always, oh. you can find the show uh, socials on Twitter. Uh, you can find it on Twitch. You can find it wherever it is you might be uh, at Press YYZ. And we appreciate the subscribe on your favorite podcast service, whether that be iTunes, Apple uh, Podcasts on Spotify, Overcast, Radio. Do we have an OnlyFans yet? We definitely don't have an OnlyFans. That will not be a thing. Please don't mention OnlyFans. Uh, Cozy, where can everyone keep up with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alex Susina, and you can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear Live. Um, I just want to mention earlier on in the podcast, I asked people to go over to itch.io and to upvote the current game uh, that is on the Game Jobs Live Game Parade 2020 uh, Game Jab page. And a lot of you went in and rated it. And I really, really am thankful for you doing so. Uh, I posted the link to the uh, page for my game in the chat. So if you haven't had a chance to do so yet, please go and give it a rating. Uh, but if you already did, thank you very, very much. I am greatly indebted to your you taking time yep. out of your day to do so. And, and as we've said, you can find Cozy on Twitter where he'll uh, advertise the crap out of that. And we, through the podcast social channels, will do the same. Nathan, where can people keep up with your shenanigans? Uh, you can check me out at the underscore NMAC where I will have a upcoming review for A Tale of Paper and Foregone, which I'm hoping to talk more about next week. Um, as well as if you want Mitch to start an OnlyFans, please tweet at him uh, immediately and for a while, repeatedly. At Mr. Mitch George. I guess OnlyFans. that's my segue to talk about my socials. It is everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, and recently twitch.tv at Mr. Mitch George. Uh, plan is to stream the Pokemon DLC tomorrow, and this weekend is going to be a crapshoot. Probably more Samurai Sundays uh, featuring Ghost of Tsushima, but we shall see. And um, Nathan already went, so AJ, where can people keep up with your shenanigans? You can find me all over the internet at Times Hero, capital T, capital H. That's Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, all that fun stuff. I don't do much on Twitch yet. I need better internet. And he may not be with us tonight, but our film baby he does keep busy over at Twitter at blatantly underscore Alex, Instagram at blatantly Alex, and he has links to all his stuff through there. But until next time. That was easy. Oh.
you really surprised at the, at the end there, huh? Yeah, I thought it was going to be a pregnant pause, but then 